Hey everyone, so now that we figured out the logistics of the college process, we wanted to tackle like the anxiety and how to deal with college. So we talked with Mr. Anderson. Okay, we're back. So we just interviewed Mr. Egan about like the college process and now we're here with Mr. Anderson about how to deal with college and how not to cry every night during your application process. So I'm Cameron. I'm Maria. I'm Ricky. Mr. Turnbow. And Jeff Anderson. I'm one of the social workers at West Chicago Community High School. <laughs> okay, so one of the first questions we have is, how do you deal with being overwhelmed with the college process? Like, there's a lot on our plates right now, especially seniors. Yeah, I think I think it's really important to um, to seek out people in your life that have gone that road, um, have experienced that whole process, and can help guide you in it. Um, it's always difficult anytime we jump into something we've never done before. Um, our anxiety levels rise a little bit. So when we can access somebody who um, can talk us through that a little bit and, and kind of hear us out, hear our goals and our dreams and um, talk us through that, that can be really helpful. Here in the school, our guidance counselors are excellent for that. Um, and uh, if they're not available, we have other people, you know, social workers, psychs, deans, anyone who's willing to um, talk with you can, can usually help you through that process. Um, but just in general, keeping keeping perspective on what you're trying to accomplish. I think a lot of times we look at, um, at college as this is the determining factor for the success of my life. Yeah. But if we can if we can understand the place that college has in our life and also realize the college I choose and the major I choose, it's not set in stone and there's still flexibility. Um, I think I think that's also helpful as as we we go through that process. Mm-hmm. Um, so h- how do you we decide what we want to do in the future, even though we shouldn't think about it as intensely as you say? <laughs> but is it okay if we like don't know what we're doing right now, and like when when should we start like figuring it out if we have to right away? Sure, sure. Honestly, guys, um, I think there are so many people that enter college either having an idea of what they want to do or having no clue as to what they want to do, um, and and it's fine. Um, I think I think it's un- it's important for us to understand that life is very much a, a journey, and um, and we're growing and changing throughout our entire lives. And so, um, you know, we're, we're not going to ask you to have your entire adulthood figured out by the time you're 22 or 23 or 24 and that graduation hat flies in the air. Mm-hmm. Um, I personally um, had one major for college and then an entirely different one for my master's degree and I did a career switch um, towards my late 20s, um, which, I, to be honest with you, if you asked me at 18, would you wanted to be a social worker, I would have said, what does a social worker do? So I didn't know what I wanted to do upon entering college. But I think part of it is as you go through life, you gain experience and you gain knowledge. And both of these things allow us to figure out, well, what am I passionate about? What, what am I good at? And um, you kind of put these things together and you look at the world, well, how can I take these things and do something really useful with it? Okay, so next would be like, how do you deal with like pressure from parents to do like their plan for you? Because like, I feel like every parent has a plan for their kid. And then if you don't necessarily want to go on that path, like, what do you do? Right, right. 
Well, I, I think um, I think communication with your parents, it's not always easy, but I think it's important. Um, and in order to, uh, um, to get to where you need to go, I think, I think one, you need to understand kind of like that last um, question, like you feel you need to understand yourself um, and, and what your goals are and, and listen to your parents well and try to find out what's the wisdom that they're passing on to you because they oftentimes have your best interest in mind, um, whether it feels that way or not. Um, and, and so it's worth listening to our parents to figure out like what's the good that I can glean. But you also want to live as a very um, honest, loving, caring human being, which as you communicate with them, you say, you know, these are the things that I'm hoping to accomplish. And, and, but at the end of the day, when you lay your head down at, at you know, on your pillow at the end of the night, um, you're living with your choices. You're not living with your parents' choices, okay? Mm-hmm. And so, um, and so I think it's really important to understand that as you have that dialogue with them, ultimately you're going to have to choose. Um, but one thing that I would encourage everyone to do is, um, as you have those dialogues with your parents, make the choice to love them in the process of communicating. Because whether you choose you know, this major or that major, or this school or that school, um, most of us later on in life aren't looking back thinking, oh, I really wish I had, you know, it's a lot of it has to do with things um, with relationships. So um, give, the, give the importance that, it, that, it, that, it, it, that you should have with your parents, but then also understand you're walking forward in life with your own choices. I'm even thinking from the parents' perspective as well. My son is 11 years old, so we're a few years from having this conversation, but in my mind I'm priming it to be kind of frightening on my end as, as a father, is knowing that, as you said, I want the best interest in moving forward, but I'm also seeing my son leave the house, and that there's gonna be some anxiety there, which is have I properly prepared them, so there there is gonna be that protection that mm-hmm. won't feel like protection on, on their end uh, from some of the advice that we give there. So, you know, it's com- it, it's more than likely coming from a p- place of love, uh, these concerns that your parents have as well. So, you know, they're going through what will be a feeling of loss as well, because that face that they've seen for the past 17, 18 years may not be there in several months, and mm-hmm. they love you very much. And that that's a heavy thing if you think from their perspective as well. Yeah. 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 So I guess it's important to just be like understanding of your parents as well. As frustrating as it may be sometimes. Yeah. Well, and a lot of a big part of my job is um, helping somebody in high school understand the perspective that an adult will have in a way where the high schooler will be able to say, "Yeah, that makes sense. Let me go with that." And that's that's the biggest thing that I find when I see uh, high schoolers talking with parents is the parents will say one thing, the high schools will say another, and it's almost as if it's like two trains passing in the night, but the communication isn't hitting where it needs to, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So um, I think it's entirely possible. Um, sometimes we just need to slow it down a little bit and give it give it that time to think. So I'm sure your 11-year-old, when he gets there, I'm sure he'll have wonderful things to hear. And <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. <laughs> but I, I, you know, in, in my mind... You know, I know it's going to go like this, you know, how quickly we'll be there, but um, uh, it, I, the idea that 
I will not see him that moving forward. That that's that is something, and I'm wondering how much that also guides some of the anxieties that parents have as sure. well in that space. Absolutely. So, uh, the other thought that you know. We are leaving the nest for some of the students, and not everyone's going to be um, uh, be able to stay at home or where that may be. And there's a lot to to consider about who they are as a, as as they think about having roommates, living away from home. Mm-hmm. I was wondering what were some of the ways in which they can even prepare for that reality. That I mean, they are leaving the school. They're leaving their neighborhood. They're leaving their family, and they're going to be living in a cell in a dorm room or whatever it is in a a couple months (laughs) and that's something so what are the things that they need to do to perhaps prime themselves to make the the decisions that will at least you know have them ready for that yeah yeah it's it's i think college is an incredible time where you can make some of the the best relationships that that you'll carry with you throughout throughout your life um, and, uh, you know, your roommate, the first one you usually don't get to pick, um, later on you, you have a little bit more choice. Um, but what I will say is, um, as you, as you do move through that first year of college, um, be wise about who you are choosing to spend your time with. Um, those are very formative relationships. Um, and, uh, and just understand also that um, that the roommate that you currently have your very first semester does not have to be your second semester roommate. <laughs> um, there's there's options to change. Um, there's there's you know um, and usually usually what happens is when you're in a dorm type of setting, um, there's a thing called an RA, um, the resident assistant, who's there to kind of make sure everything's going okay and and in all the dorms. Um, and that's a person that you can seek out and say hey. You know, my roommate just won't close the window at night and snores up a storm and, you know, and um, what do I do? How do I handle this? We can't get along. Like, you'll, you'll always have somebody that you can, that, that you can seek out to get some help with that. Um, but just, just in terms of, like, the overall relationships in general... Um, my suggestion is get involved, just like high school. Get involved. There's intramural sports. Um, there's uh, there's regular sports. There's all kinds of clubs. Um, there's there's generally um, different things that you can get involved in volunteer-wise throughout the city. But get yourself out of your room. Get yourself involved, um, and be somebody who builds community. Right. Um, so much of what you find in college is um, you have a lot of autonomy. I get to pick these classes. I get to pick this person I'm going to live with. I get to choose how I'm going to spend my time. With all of this autonomy that you have, pick and choose wisely because what you're able to to create essentially is is is, is absolutely incredible. Um, so that first year, it's kind of like what you hear in high school. Pick your friends wisely, because you'll become like the people that, that you're around. Um, but I'd say go into it with a very much of a, let's create something really great mindset. Mm-hmm. So how do you deal with like comparing yourself to your peers? Because there's a lot of people in school that are just like in drama, in sports, have a 5.5 GPA, all AP classes, and then you're like, oh no, why should I even bother applying to college? Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Um, 
Oh my goodness. You know, guys, it's so interesting to see also um, who who's very successful in college because it's not always the people that had, you know, they, they looked perfect on paper in high school and then college comes around and, and, it's, and it's different. Um, what I will tell you is this. Oftentimes, what we do in life is we get to this point where we start to define ourselves by the things that we do or what we feel like we have to offer somebody else. And as long as we live life like that, life can be really difficult because if you aren't able to measure up to what you believe in your mind is expected of you, um, every time that you don't, you feel like a failure. Mm-hmm. And that if we place our value in that, um, we're kind of placing our value on, on shifty ground. But when you understand that the value that you have as a person is something that you you inherently have, it's this, this intrinsic value that you carry with you, um, and and you're worth all the care and the time and the attention of somebody just for you. And then when you start to understand that the things that we do, that we can, these are things that we can offer to somebody else as an expression of care, as an expression of love, right? But they're not the things that actually define us. So when we can make a distinction between my value is is within who I am, but then the things that I do are expressions of showing value to others, now we can start to actually calm down and realize like, wait, why am I comparing myself to them? Because the reality is, is if they're having, if their grades look that much better than mine right now, in 20 years, nobody's gonna remember. And if they shoot hoops better than I do, in 20 years, none of us are gonna be able to shoot hoops very well, (laughs) you know? And so these things, what we wanna do is we wanna figure out like what, where do we actually assign value and what actually matters? And that is hands down the, um, the one thing that I see tripping up most high school students I work with is, um, is the inability to assign value to what's actually valuable. I spoke with Mr. Turnbaugh about this, I think, last week, too, about how, how especially in, in the States, there's this, um, this rat race mentality when it comes to college where it doesn't matter about you personally. It's all about getting the degree and getting there for four years, pay off the debt, whatever, and then get the job straight out. Mm-hmm. But then I like what you said about placing value on the wrong things because who you are isn't your major or it's not how much you have in the bank account or your job. I mean, who you are is 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 what you give to others, like you said, and then what it value it brings to you, not what value it brings to you, but how you better yourself as a person. So Yeah, mm-hmm. and I, I have to be honest with you guys. Like, there will be times where I'll be sitting with a student and I'll ask them, like, do you know what college I went to? No. Do you know what grades I got? No. Do you care? Not really. And I say to them, all you really care is that, you know, can I help you as a social worker in this moment, right? And they say, yeah. Um, and so and so in the moment, the question is, can I, can I take what I've learned about life and can I show them their value by helping them get to the next level of their life? Um, and my grades, it's a thing of the past. And guys, if I try to define myself by that, and if I try to brag about that now, I'm gonna look like a really shallow dude. Mm-hmm. So. Mm-hmm. 
for sure. <laughs> yeah, my dad. <laughs> My dad hires people sometimes, so he, like, does interviews, and he always tells me about how, like, he accepts people from, like, community college with a two-year degree, and then, like, he doesn't ask about their grades. He doesn't really care where they went to school. It's just, like, are you a good person? Are you going to do the job and stuff? Yeah, we're all kind of, like, hyper-focused on this, like, system and this Mm -hmm. track that we're put on that it's hard to, like, disconnect. I know I have a hard time disconnecting sometimes. Like, this year, I've been trying to not look at power school every single day because mm-hmm. I realized that that was creating too much stress for me because mm-hmm. I was thinking about numbers rather than what I'm learning. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's a big, like, challenge for some students to think about what they're learning rather than the points they're getting yeah. for doing the task. Yeah, I, I, I think of that as a, a metaphor. I like how you say that, Cameron, which is that um, we only see the block in front of us, but, you know, we, we are the sculptor of our own life right and so if I start chiseling away at these things to make shape of it that requires patience that requires reflection and looking at the various different angles where to put pressure where to find different flows of energy within that block of marble that is myself what that may be so um, I think that's that's you know to the point of that that's 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 hard for us to, to make time to do that because we are part of the process but we need to pull ourselves out and realize that I can make myself to some extent, with better choices moving forward. Oh, yeah, no. you could also apply to, apply that to like which school you're going to. Like, you don't have to go to like a big fancy four-year school that's like 60k a year and then be like 120 thousand dollars in debt. You can go to like a smaller school that's less expensive and still accomplish the same things. Well, and I'll tell you guys, like, I I'll often say to kids, like, a degree is a key that opens a door. Okay. Now, whatever name is on that key, either way, it's going to, you know, it's going to open the same door. Every once in a while, you know, the name might get you a bit more of an interview here or there. But but I have to be honest with you, I, I, I didn't get the job because of the university that, that was on my resume. I got the job because of how I interviewed. And and so you essentially, you know, you, you need to prepare yourself as a person to handle life well. And keep in mind... Um, once upon a time, the way you guys know high school to be, um, once upon a time, high school did not look just like this. Somebody else came along and took a look at the system and said, why don't we do it this way? And then you guys came into that system. But somebody thought about it and said, let's, let's make this choice. Now, oftentimes what, what happens is we can get into a into a, I'm in this box, and now I've finished the high school box, and now I'm going to go into the college box. But the reality is, that, guys, is that once you're done with all those boxes, you get out, and life says, where do you want to go? Mm-hmm. And so you really want to prepare yourself. You don't want to prepare so much what power school looks like, right? Because where, wherever you go is, well... That's where you live your life, right? Mm-hmm. So, and keep in mind, now, I'm a big fan of college. I went there. I enjoyed going there. Um, and it did help me move on to my goals. Um, but some very intelligent people that changed the world, like I think of Steve Jobs and Bill Gates, you know, they looked at life and they said, huh, we can really make some change here. And it wasn't the college avenue that brought them there it was 
I'm going to take the education that I have and I'm going to run with it and continue to educate myself. But, um, but they essentially changed the world. Um, and, and it wasn't because they got a, a college degree education. It's because they themselves valued education and they became people that could change the world, right? I think what's key underneath what you're saying is that <clears throat> they embraced their intrinsic motivations mm -hmm. and they ran with that. And I think to kind of circle back to something that you had said before is know what you're good at mm -hmm. and see if that Venn diagram of knowing what you're good at can somehow spark up against what you are interested in at the same time. And if those two, two things can happen, um, then we're, we're talking about real progress. Right, right. Yeah, if you're truly d driven from within, it doesn't matter what school you get accepted to. Because I remember, was it from the book you showed me, Outliers? Yeah. Where there was that statistic where it was like, or I might have read it somewhere else. Um, I'm going to have to cite the study for Harvard, but it, of course not everyone's meant for Harvard. Mm -hmm. But the study they found was that the differences in success for people who got accepted to Harvard and who didn't get accepted, even though they both applied, the differences in, in success, although that's a little bit subjective, mm -hmm. but you could base it off of income and then mm -hmm. what positions and what types of careers, the difference was minimal. Sure. I mean, likely they both went to very good schools, but down the line, you can still see that the person who's motivated to get stuff done will mm -hmm. do it regardless. It's just simply different steps, a different journey to the same place. Exactly, yeah. exactly. And, and just last night I was listening to a podcast um, where there, the guy, um, he's the owner of a company, and he said, what I like to hire is somebody who I call a, a full stack person. And what I mean by that is um, this is the type of person that has knowledge over a course of, of various areas, but is extremely um, uh, well-versed in, in, in one particular area. He said Google will call them like, like uh, T um, T model people, right? Mm -hmm. So like like the top of the T, like a very they have a, a broad range of understanding, but then in one particular they're very very specialized. And he said you'll get ten times more work out of a person like this because not only do they have their 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 particular area of expertise, but they're able to connect it with all kinds of other areas. Because mm -hmm. the reality, guys, is the world you the 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 world you guys are moving into communicates at such a rapid level compared to the world that that Mr. Turnbaugh and I were growing up in that you guys are going to need to be able to take the knowledge that you have and connect it to so many other mm -hmm. areas of knowledge right and so the, the sooner that you can you can get yourself into that into that type of mind frame the better but I will tell you this, going back to that idea of having like understanding your intrinsic value compared to what you do and what you offer, um, the character component that you bring into the workplace, that you bring into college, um, those interpersonal skills, I can't emphasize that enough, right? Mm -hmm. Because I'll tell you this, if you are the best at what you do, um, but you don't treat me according to my value, I don't want to work with you. You know, and I, don't th I think vice versa, right? So when it comes to this, um, a college is also a wonderful time where you continue to grow in maturity. And one thing I'd, I'd encourage you guys to do is find those professors that really just, you know, when you're in their, your, their class, they, they just make your heart come alive or um, whether, it's, whether it's the direct content or, or just the type of person they are, 
find them in the cafeteria go seek them out in their offices and and just just glean everything that you can from them you're paying for it anyways <laughs> so you know to get get as much time from them as you can um and, and it's beautiful because by the time you get to college, um, you guys are more in that adult phase and, um, and interacting with them, it's a bit more on that, that adult level and you have a little bit more freedom with that. Yeah. So is there anything else that you'd like to add that we didn't cover, like to conclude this podcast? Oh, man. Um, yes. Relax. Like, it's, <laughs> it's going to be okay. It's going to be fine. You will you will learn things that you just you never knew you would learn, and then you will. It's like coming over a cliff, and you see a whole new land out there where you're like, I have never seen this site before, and it's beautiful and it'll be great. But you first have to come over the cliff, right? And so if you haven't come over that cliff yet, it's okay. You will, and then you'll keep journeying and you'll come over another cliff, and it'll be incredible then too. Um, and so relax, just keep going on the journey when you need help, get help, um, and, and never stop growing because Benjamin Franklin, I think it was around 70 years old. He started learning the violin. Mm -hmm. Um, guys, when, you know, when you finish college and you're on to the next thing, um, you, you're just continuing your education, right? Mm -hmm. So, um, just, just enjoy the journey. Thank you so much. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. This podcast has been produced by Maria Genadakos, Cameron Liberio, and me, Ricky Plumley. We'd like to give a special thanks to Joseph Valiquet for once again producing the music. Uh, and then we'd also like to give special thanks to Mr. Anderson for giving us that wonderful advice on adjusting to college and looking forward to the future positively and having a good attitude. Uh, further, if you have any ideas, just stop by in room 184 or email Mr. Turnbaugh or find one of us during school if you've got a wonderful idea or something you think that's interesting that we should talk about. Uh, thanks for listening, and we'll be back in a few weeks.